0: this week on Moms Moving On.
1: You know, we, we also believe that a family is always a family, and a divorce only ends the marriage. It doesn't end the family. So when a marriage is intact, it's it's the marriage that's holding the family together. But when parents get divorced, it's the child or the children that are, that are bonding the family together, but they're still a family. Pathogenic parents, pathogenic people, narcissists, borderline psychopaths, whatever you want to label people— everybody has personality traits that are really annoying everyone so we have to teach kids how to be in relationship with people and also set healthy boundaries but a healthy boundary isn't elimination so we deal with parents who believe the other parent should just be eliminated it's like that is not going to create a healthy relationship for your children when they're older
2: life moves on so why shouldn't we This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hello, and welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm excited to be back today because we're covering a topic I feel like I've been talking about Off the microphone for a really long time now, and I'm excited to bring it to you. I'm more excited with who is going to be bringing you the information because I stumbled upon her website and I thought, how have I not had this person on yet? Her name is Dorsey Pruder, and Dorsey is the founder and CEO of the Conscious Co parenting Institute. Through reunification, coaching, and co-parenting education, Dorsey provides strategies and solutions for parents and children to reconnect or stay connected during and after a high-conflict divorce. The primary focus of her work is high-conflict custody disputes involving parental alienation. She works with both mothers and fathers and has spent the last several years as a family reunification coach and custody consultant. She's worked on numerous cases nationally and internationally garnering positive results. And as a co-parent and all the co-parents I deal with, I know that positive results would be really, really ideal at this point, Dorsey. (laughs) So can we get there?
1: (laughs) We can, we can. Yes, that's that's the exciting stuff about what we do is we actually teach people how to co-parent with parents that may or may not be pathogenic, like narcissistic borderline personality disorders. And a lot of people believe that you can't co-parent with somebody like that, and you actually can and um you can very effectively and we take a very different approach at the conscious co-parenting institute we actually teach parents how to shift their behavior and how they show up versus um, most, if not all other parenting curriculums are all about trying to change the child, right? Focusing on the child's behavior and how do we fix the child or how do we fix our ex? And we really focus on the parent in front of us and how they can shift how they show up and create a positive and healthy relationship with their their co-parent and their children, and also teaching their children how to have a healthy relationship with the co-parent. So yes, it's possible to get there and create healthy, positive outcomes. And we do it all day, every day with the most horrific situations you could ever imagine. So it is possible.
2: (laughs) Well, I like that you talked about the personality disorders because Mm -hmm. it seems to me, and I've spoken about this a lot, that everyone everywhere is divorcing a narcissist. And I don't like, (laughs) I don't like that term because first of all we you and I both know that to actually diagnose a narcissist is damn near impossible. That said, I feel that when we label the ex as impossible yeah. narcissistic, can't be dealt with, then that's limiting us from exactly how, how we show up, how we set expectations for them. So I have I've never really fallen into this narcissist trap. Um, Though I do agree that there are common threads between a lot of the men my clients are divorcing and what (laughs) I experience. Um, But I I like your approach. Like There is a possible way to co-parent with anybody.
1: Exactly. I, we have we kind of have a, a running joke that you know when people get divorced, the woman automatically becomes a borderline and the man becomes a narcissist. So I can't tell you how many times people come to us and they're like, "Oh, my ex is a borderline. She has all of the traits," and or the man or the woman say, "My ex is a narcissist. He has all of the traits." And I'm like, "Or you're just divorcing a difficult person. Could be a narcissist. Doesn't really matter. I don't really care about the label. What I care about is is you, since." you've contacted us and how you can shift how you're showing up, because it actually only takes one person in a relationship to shift the entire relationship and you know we we also believe that a family is always a family and a divorce only ends the marriage it doesn't end the family so when a marriage is intact it's it's the marriage that's holding the family together but when parents get divorced it's the child or the children that are that are bonding the family together but they're still a family and so we have to restructure and reorganize to a post divorce or post-separation healthy family dynamic. It's critical. The, the chaos we're experiencing in the world today has a lot to do with the way that adults today were parented. So often in parenting, we see the pendulum swing from mm-hmm. permissive to authoritarian back to permissive back to authoritarian and conscious co-parenting or conscious parenting is really in the middle and a, a addressing parenting situations from sometimes um, you need to be an authoritarian parent because it's a um, it's a safety issue right and sometimes you need to have some buy-in from your child so a more permissive parenting style where you're having some dialogue with the child is more important so it's really teaching the parents how to swing their parenting pendulum based on the parenting experience or the situation versus being so rigidly held in one perspective or the other or what we usually see. They're like this permissive. And then the kids aren't doing it. And then they freak out and they become authoritarian. Right. And the kids are like, I don't even understand what's happening. Right. Right.
2: So, (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned the pendulum and then for me, it's part of what I find is happening with all of my clients and they're all either on the brink of divorce or in the early stages. And they're fixated on swinging the pendulum from this toxic high conflict process of divorce to, well, when are we going to be best friends? Because you have to be best friends to be good co-parents, right? And I'm like, no, no, you do not. Can you elaborate on that, please? Yes, I absolutely can. It's funny. That's That's a uh
1: misnomer even for couples that have been divorced for decades. So no, you're getting divorced for a reason and it's such a small tiny number of couples that get divorced that become best friends. It's just so rare and so you're striving for some for a perfection that's just not realistic. So and if you're trying to go from complete chaos and conflict to now we're besties, you know, that that's not going to happen. So people have un unre- Resolved complex trauma from their own childhood. They bring into the relationship that they have with their spouse, then becomes an ex-spouse. They most likely didn't resolve the complex little traumas from their own childhood that they kept triggering. So they probably got divorced for a lot of those same issues. And now they're still unresolved. And they think somehow now that the divorce is ending, they can just be best friends, but they but they trauma bonded many times. They have all these little issues that were never ever resolved and lots of people think you could just sweep that under the rug and all is good and we can just be friends it's just not necessary and oftentimes not as is, po- is not possible so what you want to do is to create a healthy environment where you have healthy communication and you are co-parenting and a co-parent relationship could also be a healthy co-parent could be parallel parenting. That's a healthy co-parenting relationship where you're not really communicating with the other parent. You're not besties, but you've created a very healthy co-parenting relationship for your children. So, you know, I'll give you an example from my Situation: My ex-husband and I have been divorced since two thousand and three, and well, actually, we got separated in two thousand and three. We didn't get divorced for a few years later, but whatever. And we've been we've been apart for a really long time. He drives me bananas. Like we we are like that's why you're apart. (laughs) That's why we're apart. And um, he does the most annoying things as a parent. And, um, and I, I know he feels the exact same way about me and um, we don't communicate like that often. We communicate via text sometimes. And I mean, our kids are 20 and 22, but even when they were younger, our communication was focused on what the kids need, right? Um, We would have birthday parties and Christmas and stuff together, but that, not every year, but when we were in the same town or whatever, and we're very cordial with each other. But I was always relieved when he was leaving my house, and I'm sure he's relieved when I'm leaving his. And we we were cordial. But he still drives me bananas. We're not best friends. I don't want to do everything with him, and I don't want to chit chat with him about anything other than here's what's going on with our children. Here's how we get that resolved. We have a dialogue about it, and we move on, or we don't. Oftentimes, we don't dialogue about stuff. We parallel parent quite a bit. So whatever is happening at his house, that's basketball. We don't compete with my house because it's baseball. Right. Now, he. <laughs> always tries to by the way so he's a gaslighter and you know he he loves to do things to try and interfere with what's going on at my house i just don't engage with it right. i don't try to fix him I don't try to convince him, hey, listen, if you would just do it this way. No, it's a waste of time because I I have a, a more productive conversation with the wall. So I'd rather just talk to the wall, get it all out. And then, you know, and then just say, here's what's happening at my house. Now, early on, so since your listeners, your 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 audience is very early on in the beginning stages. I wish I had this advice when I first divorced. Because oh, when I did it, too. yeah, I was like, why don't you do it this way? And oh my God, why are you listening to me? And we need to do it like this. And they've got to be tested for that. And like, I, w- I was always trying to convince him. And what I realized was we were in a convince and resist dance. He was always either trying to convince me or I was always trying to convince him. But it didn't matter even if both of us were right we we would resist because we were divorced and we did it when we were married too but it was just worse after we were divorced so if i only knew then what i know now so what i would say to you is stop trying to get on the same page all of the time with your co-parent, it's probably not going to happen. It may happen sometimes, but it doesn't have to happen 100% of the time. And that isn't saying you're a failure as a co-parent. It actually says that you're a healthy co-parent by saying, hey, listen, whatever he's doing at his house, as long as he's not abusing the children, that's fine. Or whatever she's doing is fine. And I'm going to let that go.
2: I'm so happy you're saying that because I don't think... People realize that when they sign their parenting plan, they're also there's something in there basically saying that you acknowledge and accept that this other parent is going to do their best by the kid. That's why you're agreeing to it. And I'm always urging people to go back and read their parenting plan because yeah. you know I I'll have for example, my ex always likes to know what I'm doing with Bella when I have my time with her. And for a long time, I was like very detailed, like we're doing this, 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 <laughs> this, and then. And then I'm like wait a second I don't have to do that and I tell my clients the same and I think this all comes from a place of fear right like if I'm nicer yes. and I and I give more information and I act friendly then it's not going to be contentious and he won't be toxic and he won't be gaslighting me and and it never works that way and I think you know for the women who start co-parenting and think that by being friendly it'll take the difficulty out of co-parenting they don't mm-hmm. realize that this Opportunity to stay somewhat codependent only backfires and blows up in their faces, right? And the whole notion of BFFs consciously uncoupling like celebrities, I for me would think, you know, if I had a four year old who I sat down and explained divorce to her and rocked the world, and then mommy and daddy are hanging out every other day, well, shoot, she'd be really confused, no?
1: Yes, 100%. And I, I you, you touched on something I'd love to talk about, which is conscious uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling does not mean best friends after divorce. Conscious uncoupling says, here's where we are. Here's how we got here. Here's where we want to be. Here's my contribution. Here's your contribution. Let's hope that we can get this correct every time, but we're going to make mistakes. I love you as my co-parent and the, parent, the father of my children. And I respect you as the father and I, but I don't have to agree with you all of the time. So this whole conscious uncoupling thing, people are delusional about, they think it means something it doesn't actually mean. And there's, there's a, a lot of people like podcasters and a lot of people on social media now, like, look at how happy we are. and da, 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 da. Um, I agree with you. And when, when we first divorced, My children were two and four and my ex-husband didn't, he did not want to get divorced. And I'm like, I'm out, this is over, go away. And um, so I'm like, there is not any amount of money to keep you here. I'll pay whatever, get out of my life, right? And um, so our marriage was over and, but our kids were young. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know all the things I know today. And he would buy tickets for like Disney on ice for all of us to go. And he's like, oh, you know, he'd come to my house and kind of loiter around the kitchen during the holidays and stuff. And I'm like, why are you here? Right. And um, in the beginning it was guilt, you know, because I felt guilty. And then I was like, okay. And I'm like, I can't stand you. This is actually terrible. And it's sending a mixed message to our children. That
2: that's just very that- dangerous.
1: Yeah, that somehow mommy and daddy are going to get back together. And when I flipped that switch off and I said to him, no more, like, no, you go to Disney on ice with the children and I will do something else, you know, um, but that triggered something in him that he's very competitive. So it's like, well, what are you doing? I got to do that, too. Oh, you're, I got to do that, too. It was like, oh, my God, dude, do your own thing. And so... You know, you kind of go through these different stages of the divorce, especially if the kids are young and as they get older, but we really settled in and, um, you know, we've always shared 50-50 custody. I lived by coastal so um, I would go back and forth between California and North Carolina. Eventually, my kids would go back and forth because they went to school online before it was cool and COVID. And, um, you know, so there was all this stuff that we did to make our co-parenting relationship work. Now, my ex-husband has a lot of alienating behaviors. So some people say, well, they should eliminate that parent then if they're doing those things. No, our role as a, as a conscious parent is to teach our children how to be in relationship with all different kinds of people. Yes. Pathogenic parents, pathogenic people, narcissists, borderline psychopaths, whatever you want to label people, they're Everybody has personality traits that are really annoying everyone. Right. Right. So we have to teach kids how to be in relationship with people and also set healthy boundaries. But a healthy boundary isn't elimination. So we deal with parents who believe the other parent should just be eliminated. It's like that is not going to create a healthy relationship for your children when they're older.
2: Absolutely. And I love that you touched on that because my ex-husband and I are night and day in our values, our worldviews, the way we handle problems that arise every which way. I take a more positive, we'll get through it approach. He's more easily irritated. And my daughter, who's almost six, has brought up to me so many times, mommy, how come you don't get mad like that? Or how come he honks and yells at people on the road and I and, and you don't you just you never honk your horn. And I love that she's able to see that there are different ways to handle things and she's forming in her own brain what feels right and what feels doesn't. And my mom, bless her heart will be like, oh isn't that horrible that she's seeing that? And I'm like, well, you know what? she's deciding for herself what feels good for her you know yeah. like life isn't rainbows and butterflies and, and my approach, maybe it's inspiring to her maybe it's not you know it's not my job to decide how she's going to view the world around her so i love that you brought that up and i think that that is also really scary for co-parents especially at the beginning well he he's an asshole or he does things completely differently than me well this is where adaptable resilient kids come from yes
1: this is exactly right that you're right about that and you know it's really important to teach children to integrate and your your children are, are um, emulating everything that you do right both of you your daughter is is just as much her husband as she or ex-husband her dad as she is you and so you know if you make everything he does bad and she does something that you think is bad she's going to internalize that as i'm bad so and we do this whether it's what they're doing that the other parent does or it's behavior that a child does that we don't like. If we're, inter- if we're teaching child that their behavior makes them bad, right? then they're going to internalize it that they're a bad person, that mm-hmm. there's something wrong with them. So our words that we use with our children matter. If you make a mistake... Because we all do, me mm-hmm. included. My oldest daughter, she's twenty-two. She drives me bananas. She's been in North Carolina with her dad for nine months exclusively during this whole COVID thing. I've seen her less. Than, I've seen her for like two hours when I took my other daughter to college, and it was very stressful, right? And she's in that environment, so I'm dealing with that while she's been away. And um, you know, I had a blow up with her a couple days ago. She she's doing some stuff for me, and it's like like, dude, it's like, she's not here. So out of sight, out of mind. And I'm like, this is my business. I'm giving you an opportunity. It's a real job. If you worked anywhere else, you'd be fired. And, you know, we went round and round and round. And then later that night, I was mad, you know, cause I'm, I came from a family of yeller. So I get loud and, you know, and she's loud and we're, I'm like, okay, this is over. This conversation's over. Nothing is getting done because we're, our emotions are unmanaged. And later that night, we were able to have a conversation. And as a parent, I can circle back in my leadership to say, I didn't handle the that very well. I shouldn't have spoken to you this way. When I said this, it was out of frustration and my emotions were like completely unmanaged. So when I can take responsibility for how I'm showing up, I can be a leader to my daughter for her to take responsibility for how she's showing up. So, and I actually had a little bit of that conversation with her earlier and then she took responsibility in between our calls. And I found out later with something that she was supposed to do, but didn't do. So I was like, Oh, cool. You know, my leadership. Yay. But also with me circling back, which we frequently do because she pushes my buttons a lot. And and I want to say this about buttons or triggers or whatever language or vernacular people use. They belong to you. Mm-hmm. So if you're triggered, that's not about your kid pushing the button or your ex. That's actually about you. Even though it's annoying, whatever they're doing, the annoyance is your trigger, it's about you. So you need to clean up your side of the container. What am I doing? Where have I done that? No one would what-
2: trigger you, but you. That's my thing.
1: Exactly, exactly they're just a the button
0: push. They're
2: like, Ooh, look at that button. Let me push that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so great. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first a word from our sponsor.
0: Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky. Especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called Fair. F-A-Y-R. Fair is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. Fair helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check in that's a court verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time and date stamped pdf when you need documentation for legal matters and there's a spanish version of the app as well fair allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way simply inexpensively transparently and fairly lose the he said she said and be the best parent you can be b f-a-y-r fair subscribe at befair.com. that's b-e-f-a-y-r.com and then download fair from the app store or google play Go to fair.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app.
2: So, you've been doing this now. What what led to the development of your institute?
1: Yeah. So um, I've been doing this since 2006. Um, I was in the mortgage industry um, as a top producer for 16 years, almost 16 years. I retired. Um, I got into this industry after um, my own divorce, but not even really I Couldn't really see what was happening in my own family because my kids were young. It was going through my own divorce, starting to date after divorce, and every man I was dating had kids, and you know, they were being alienated or they didn't have their ch- like stuff was happening. And then I realized that this had happened to me. But I actually started a company in the entertainment business in 2006 called A Hollywood Life, which was a coaching company for young people in the entertainment industry, finding work life balance. And in doing that, what I realized was, wow, this really isn't the kids. It's really their parents. And so I was coaching kids. But what I really found was I was coaching parents. I really resisted doing this work because I didn't really want to. I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with these people. They're super annoying. You know, I didn't really wanna deal with my stuff, but then my dad was diagnosed with cancer and I realized I didn't have a long window to really fully recover my relationship with my father that I had lost as a 12 year old, like in my childhood and stopped really seeing my dad and also reuniting him with all of his children. I really needed to solve this crisis. And when I went out to find a solution, there wasn't one. There were a lot of experts, but nobody really was solving it. They're like, well, just reunite with your dad. We'll just prevent it from happening to your kids. like. okay, but how? And there was like, well, just do it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm wearing my Nikes and it's still not working. So I don't get it. And so just out of a sheer desperation of my own family situation in transgenerational, so both ways, my family with my dad and then my own children and then people I was involved with, it was like, this is a crisis. This is a problem in families. And this needs to be solved. So I went on a journey of discovery and I really incorporated my business in 2010 um, out of total resistance for four years of not wanting to do co-parenting stuff. But it was just, I was a natural and I solved it. And really with my dad, we really worked on what happened, why did it happen? What were the triggers? What could we have done differently? What could he have done differently? It was really a gift. My father's Cancer, as odd as this sounds, was a gift to our family and to really all of humanity to give us this really sacred space of this little window of time to be fully present, radically honest, and to just dig in and hold that space of of grace and compassion and understanding for each other so that we could help all of humanity. So that's really
2: how this all came to play. And And I love that you were able to... Have that personal growth that I um, yeah. so felt incredible. Um, yeah. so what, what advice, because obviously you're a wealth of knowledge, what advice would you give to a mom just starting out in her divorce and co parenting journey?
1: Yeah. So the advice I would give to a mom just starting out in her co-parenting journey would be first to have grace with yourself so that when you're feeling the anxiety and the stress and the doubt and the judgment that, um, you know, am I making a mistake? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? All of these things, am I going to screw up my kids? Um, The fact that you have that awareness is important. So anchor into the fact that, If you're getting divorced or you're thinking about getting divorced, it's probably the right decision, but seek advice from somebody who is neutral. So don't seek advice from your best friends and your parents and all these, because the people that love you and are the closest to you will only want to give you or tell you what you want to hear. And that's not always the best Advice. So seek advice from a neutral third party, somebody who's been there before and who has, who has no skin in the game but understands. Um, the second thing is to have grace with your ex and, and to, to give the person that you're divorcing, despite all of their shortcomings, the same grace that you give yourself mm-hmm. because when you put that out into the container of the world, you're actually giving that back to yourself tenfold. And the person you really need to do that the most with is the person that you're divorcing because they're experiencing the same emotions or the, so uh, a whole host of emotions that you are. And this is the person that you chose to bring children into the world with. The children didn't choose it, you did. And so how you handle that and how you go into that with ease and grace will really create the container of conscious co-parenting. So you're listening to this. So it's you that are responsible for being in that space of grace for yourself and for your ex. And when your children come to you and say things like, Daddy um, made me do this at his house, or Daddy said you're a bitch, or Daddy this, or Daddy that. Um, Don't internalize that and take it personally, and don't defend yourself to your children. So I would say to your children, that's really interesting. How do you feel? And what you're doing for your child is giving them the grace of finding their own emotions, finding their own feelings and thinking critically, which is really, really important. And we forget that when
2: we have kids. That's so important. This advice is honestly really, really, really impactful. It hits home for me and I know it's going to hit home for our listeners. So thank you. Before we end every recording, I ask my guests to share a quote that has either helped them on their journey or that they can apply to the topic we're discussing. Do you have a favorite quote? Oh, let's
1: see. I have lots of favorite quotes. So um, I'm all
2: about quotes.
1: Okay. So um, one of my favorite quotes, like throughout my entire journey, not just in this space, but really my whole life is, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And this is really applicable in divorce because many divorcing couples, yeah, try to convince the other parent all these things that they know or the legal or the mental health providers about all this stuff. You really need to show up in empathy and compassion and care. And in that space of care for your, your beloved children, you have to care about your ex. That doesn't mean you have to be their best friend. So that's one of my favorite quotes
2: and it really applies Dorsey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this and for your time. Where can our listeners and my followers find you?
1: They can find us on um, social media
2: at um,
1: Facebook, at Conscious Co-Parenting Institute, or on Facebook, you can go to our groups. If you're experiencing any level of of an emotional cutoff or alienation, join our private group, which is the Alliance to Solve Parental Alienation, or our public group, which is the Alliance of Parental Alienation Solutions. The public, we give like this kind of advice, just general. If you have specific questions, you can come to the private group, or you can come to our website, ConsciousCoparentingInstitute.com. We'll give a free gift to your listeners, especially since they're just starting out. We have a wonderful um, little video and a um, worksheet that goes along with it called Tame the Pain 101. And it's really how to get through the emotional pain that you're feeling right now as you're beginning your journey of divorce or even thinking about it. It really helps you get clear on what that pain is and how to resolve it before you really step into the space of divorce.
2: Thank you, Dorsey. And I, I yeah. want to check out that video too. I think that would okay. be useful for some of my work with my clients. Wow. Um, well, everybody, you heard it here first. You don't have to be best friends with your ex, but you do have work to do instead. Do the work, put your child first, and remember that you can be the best you can be. You can't change anybody else. Check out Dorsey and the rest of our episodes, and you know where to find me in case you have any questions. Be well and keep moving on.